We have to talk about Quibi. We have to talk about the head of Stadia and the um, the new product hunt CEO. What about Prop 22? Oh, yeah. Prop 22. Yeah. Um, And I don't know if it's worth talking about, but Atari, there's a new Atari console. Oh, Oh, I missed that. Uh, Actually, there's also some xCloud shit. They just uh, leaked this morning that, well, the guy who runs xCloud accidentally said in an interview that they're working on a stick. So if you subscribe, you'll get a TV (laughs) stick like a Chromecast to play xCloud on your TV. Oh, for one second, I imagine an on actual a stick. <laughs> yeah, a little stick, one stick. Here's the, here's here's the, the stick. stick you use. <laughs> well, the head of Stadia was being a complete piece of shit on Twitter. Yeah, so. I saw it. it. It was like, yeah, okay. Uh, and there was some other shit this week, right? Um, I mean, there was one big one. Let's see. Prop 22 and Quibi are like probably the biggest oh. stories of the year. That are tech related. Yes, yeah. tech, tech Twitter, stories of the year. Twitter turned off retweets. No, they didn't turn it off. They, they are... make it worse. Oh, they... antitrust at Google. Uh... That's the <laughs> that's the other big story of the year. I did just this giant fucking thing. <laughs> okay, all right, um, great. Am I correct that the 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 oh, Prop Twenty Two thing uh, is voted for today? Uh, no, so the Same. courts passed a ruling today, but Prop 22 is next week. And so it's actually one of those things where the courts and the state um, mm-hmm. proposition are against each other. And so things could get really weird, um, but it's just sort of a consequence of how slow government moves with new regulation. Because, you know, this has been a conversation topic since the gig economy formed. Yeah, let alone that they enabled it this whole time. Like, Yeah. Okay, let's start the show. Hell yeah! Uh, I was saying oh. I'm a little hungover. So oh I'm my god, my this week to... there's also Johnny Ive working at Airbnb. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah that's weird. It's a non-story. I... No, the story is that they laid off all these people and then they hired Johnny Ive. Let's be honest. Like, it's pretty fucking gross. <laughs> I think they're doing, this is the do whatever we can to stay in business because the pandemic killed our business and then Prop 22 is going to fuck up our business, maybe. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, just before you do the intro, I just need to put my PC out of overclock mode. <laughs> I get my Surface Pro X next week. Nice. Yes. My review just went live, I think. Did um, it? Yeah, I think so. Uh yes. It's good, but um, exciting. Should I not get it? No, you should. I still have time to cancel it. If they don't ask for my uh, <laughs> my shit back, I'll send you a keyboard and pen so you don't have to buy it. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, cool, let's do it. Charge Tech Podcast, episode 151. Podcast that looks at tech, how it's shaped the world around us. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Grosser, and joining me are Frederico Mazzi. Oh, Emily. Hello, friends. How's the weather? I don't it's... know. I haven't been outside. <laughs> it's sunny. I love it. It's sunny and it's it's warmed up a little bit. It was really cold last week, rainy. It was 19 degrees on Monday. It was amazing. This is lovely. Um, it was also 100% I, rain, so, you know. <laughs> it was. I have not been outside much because I have a puppy now. And she is not vaccinated, so she can't 
really go anywhere yet. <laughs> so I've just been inside all week. Wait, Three. don't dogs need to walk? Not at this age. She's very young. So she goes in the bath, backyard or bathrooms. Um, but when they're this age, they can they actually can just die from this thing called, I think it's called parvovirus. Um, yeah. And they can't get vaccinated until 12 weeks. And so mm. they can only... It means they can't go in spaces where other dogs have been, basically, in case they've been unvaccinated. And so she can, like, go in the backyard and on the front porch, but not anywhere else for the next four weeks. So okay. it's pretty pretty intense. Um, you have to, like, carry her everywhere and stuff. I'm looking forward to being able to walk. Seems like it's kind of the point of having a dog. <laughs> walk. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, so I learned all, I'm learning so much random dog stuff at the moment. It's pretty pretty crazy. Good. Maybe we need a pets channel in Discord. Finally. Well, actually, my editor at One Zero was like, "What pet tech do you want to review?" Because I was like, "Oh, this dog oh. tech." Because it's like dog tech. It's like insane. You can, there's like GPS collars. There's like all sorts you, of crazy you... feeders. I, I mm. wish I wish I had like the automatic um, litter box. Oh, yeah. I mean, dog doesn't need this, but maybe I should just get that anyway. You mean the one that looks like a spaceship? It's like... It yes. Turns, it's mm-hmm. a, yeah, it's like $1,000. It's a yeah. portal to another universe. Yeah. It but, looks um, dope AF. It cleans itself, right? Just like empties the poop in the bottom. Exactly. And it would be amazing because I have a lot of space, so... Yeah. Shit. Yeah. I don't need that for the dog, but maybe I can get it for the cat and to exactly. acknowledge that he needs gifts also. <laughs> Oh, poor cat. Yeah, anyway, yeah. dog tag. That's our new thing now. Um, <laughs> dog tag under the hood? Well, this this week was uh, a pretty intense week for tech, I would say. I was going to say it was a doozy. Let's <laughs> <laughs> um, like, not the... get into words anymore that other people don't understand. Like, I didn't understand what a doozy is meant to be. But let's let's, oh, let's step over it. and Yeah, that's fine. We just pretend like you just nobody knows that. <laughs> So you said it. Anyway, um, yeah, there was a lot that happened. I feel like it, from Google getting sued by the US government to Johnny Ive apparently now working at Airbnb. That's not a big story. Come no, on. I know. It's not a big Quibi story. but it's a big story. Oh, my God. You're so right. <laughs> I, but come on. like, I, Can we just one second just say like Johnny Ive coming out of retirement to work at Airbnb is kind of like... Oh, but he never retired. Remember, he opened oh, he his own design studio. studio. And I yeah. think it was you, maybe, that shared the website for it. Yeah, love from. It was like a year after he had left Apple to start his new studio, and the website hadn't hadn't been anything. It yeah, was like it's a, a landing page. Yeah, it's like we'll find you. <laughs> so, yeah, don't, so don't worry about it. <laughs> so the thing that I don't understand to to kind of say something about this anyway, I'm sure that he doesn't need to work anywhere. Yeah, no, like money lower. wise. So, so say say you were in this position, right, where you were in the beautiful, delicious position where you probably wouldn't want to, wouldn't have to work at all anymore in your life. Mm-hmm. How do you end up at Airbnb of all places? <laughs> that's what. That's why I brought it up. A, money is a drug. <laughs> and B, I suspect that I hope. Maybe, maybe not, that uh, when you're this good, or, you're, you know, when you're supposedly this good, I think he is really good. I think that you just want to work. Like, you really yeah. love what mm-hmm. you do. Uh-huh. But Airbnb, yeah, yeah, but Airbnb. I see that. But why would you Why would you not use that for good? Mm. 
That's a good so, take. So I have I have three. There's three things that could have happened here, right? One, it is about money, and they offered him an amount that is obscene. Probably just like a shit ton of shares. Which I was thinking shares. Two, he had an idea, and he was like, I want to bring this idea into the world. Oh my god, you're so right. <laughs> or, or they had an idea that they went to him with, and he was like, that's amazing. I, I, really, that. I really want the second one to be true. I am imagining Johnny Ive calling the CEO of Airbnb and being like, I want to make this meeting room computer for houses, whatever. Pay me to do it. <laughs> well, but you know how those conversations always like, oh, yeah. actually happen is you're talking with someone and you're bouncing ideas back and forth yeah, and yeah. all of a sudden, like, collectively an idea forms. And so you call Johnny Ive. No, no, no. I mean, Johnny Ive talking, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, maybe he's buddies with one of the founders because they're design-led, you yeah, know? Yeah, they are friends. They, um, yeah. my favorite take on this was the meme that was going around that was like airbnb by johnny ivan it was just like pictures of white rooms <laughs> <laughs> that you could hire <laughs> anyway let's move on let's talk it's about interesting Corby, though that, like now that johnny ive isn't at apple anymore we actually saw cute houses instead of white rooms yeah you're right actually that's true like that set during the apple event the crazy house that they built in a garage oh. that probably would have never happened under him it would have been like this white exactly with the white christmas tree or whatever with no decorations on it and stuff yeah you're right it's interesting have you seen the xbox series x commercial fuck the name of this thing is so bad (laughs) xbox series x they should have just called it xbox no what commercial they made a commercial for it um just you know i'm gonna watch it while you tell me uh it's that actor from get out i can't remember uh his name oh yeah but Mm -hmm. um and then I think he turns into Master Chief and then goes Halo. But at the beginning, uh, the apartment that they've designed the set is closer to what I imagine that Apple set would have been like if Johnny Ive was still at Apple. It, it's like everything is like expensive, nice. It's like this aspirational vibe. All these people live in such fancy houses. I'm watching this. I wish I could route the audio through my mic because it's... God... This guy lives in such a fancy house. <laughs> it's fancy. Um, well, speaking of Xbox, uh, Owen, you said there was something with the, the X Cloud. Yeah. So, uh, I'm first of all, I'm excited about my Xbox. I was like, just thinking, oh, it's pretty soon. When it's like two gone? and a half weeks away. Okay. Um, so that's pretty soon. But uh, I saw last night that the the head of Xbox in an interview said that uh, they're working on like a Chromecast-like dongle, or hinted at that they're working on a Chromecast-like dongle that will let you play xCloud on your TV, kind of like how Stadia works with um, there is a Chromecast dongle. (laughs) My God, this is confusing. Uh, Apparently, Microsoft is working on one where you'll just get it if you subscribe, which is really interesting. So it would be like the entry point Xbox, which is actually really cool because they have so many gaming titles. Like I have an xCloud subscription because I was like, okay, I'll just get it and play the pc games because you get those also for free uh before i get my xbox and it's really good and so i was really interested to hear this because the idea of that is kind of cool like when i travel in previous times (laughs) in the world in which i could travel i used to take a chromecast to hotels to watch tv now i could take a stick for xcloud to a hotel and just game on tv that's pretty cool hmm 
It's interesting. I like the idea. It's cool that there's actually competition. The only space. problem is that, that that hotels always have the worst Wi-Fi on planet Earth. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But if you go to Switzerland, yeah. they have the best. I went to a Swiss hotel that had gigabit. <laughs> okay, there's one place amazing. on Earth has internet, but all the other hotels do <laughs> yeah, not yeah. have internet. Like five I remember, I remember being a child, and my parents would take me into holidays, and I and we would like navigate where we're going or whatever. And I'd be, Dad, there has to be good Wi-Fi, and it would always. <laughs> come down to the fact that you had to either pay for it or there was a shitty computer in the lobby of the hotel that you could use yeah. but there was oh always God. some little shit on it already yeah. so you and could you get never 12 use viruses it. and your password hacked on that exactly thing and do you remember whenever you would log into facebook they would make you do this game where you have to say who the who your friends are on the photo oh my god you're so right and it was training the facial recognition algorithm <gasps> for them that oh, but sure. it was also uh, to prove that you coming from a different location oh yeah is actually I mean, you ostensibly yes <laughs> it's like how google wants you to show them the pictures of the sidewalk or whatever in the, yeah. in the capture it's the same i'm training their cars while yeah. trying to get into my fucking what? google account yeah amazing oh, so i don't miss having a facebook <laughs> but anyway i don't know how we ended up here but quibby yeah let's talk wait, about wait, wait, while we're still doing gaming um <laughs> The head of Stadia was just being a complete piece of shit on Twitter. I oh, yeah. It. Fuck. What was that? I didn't even know this dude existed until he started tw- tweeting bad shit. That seems to be the, the Twitter thing lately. Is like, there's some bad dude who suddenly tweets a bad take. Turns out he's the head of Stadia. Oh, God. It's stupid. It's so stupid. Um, and it, it's sort of like his argument comes from a place of people should be subscribing to Stadia. I mean, it's... People should do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, it's it sucks. It was one of those things where I realized it was the first time I realized that Stadia has that sunk cost um, phenomenon. I saw him being a piece of shit, and I was like, I'm gonna cancel this. Hmm. And then I was like, Fuck! And I have all these games in one yeah. place. It's how I feel about iTunes. It's like I'll I'll never Spotify. be able to completely leave Apple because I've got. 200 movies on itunes yeah but yeah that's from... actually a really interesting point because i bought that google tv thing and realized after i got it that apple will never release their apple tv app for it which is yeah. really annoying um because i own i don't own as many movies as you but i own like five but to be fair my tv has the app so uh, just to push back on you for a second, though, like Spotify is not one of them because I don't, you don't true. buy albums and they only That's live true. in Spotify. Like, yeah, you don't you have to subscribe to listen to yeah. albums that you paid for. Yeah. 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 Sense. But it's like, I have to keep an Apple device in my life, be yeah. it an iPad or an Apple TV, because I've purchased these movies over the course of a decade plus. Yeah. My, my trick with the Google TV thing is just to, uh, like uh, airplay it to the tv <laughs> from the ipad whenever i want to watch something on there anyway look hey we, we got to... tv stuff this is perfect. yeah we got the, the segues today are painfully bad but we're getting there so <laughs> let's talk about quibi did we even talk about this weird app no nope. before i feel like quibi maybe yeah, maybe we mentioned it because I was we I definitely was, like, talked about it. about it when it yeah I remember because Zach loved it. It was like oh yeah portrait video blah blah blah. Okay, I look. completely forgot about Quibi. Honestly, TLDR so app shut down. <laughs> everybody no, no, no. forgot okay, about okay. Quibi. Okay, so I think Quibi for the first time was a thing that I saw when they started doing deals with um, YouTubers. 
Yeah. And the idea was that they could then sell like, or like, you, yeah, you had to have a subscription for it. It was $5 a month or something. And then you had like basically YouTube, but with collaborations with Steel Spielberg. Well, it was like high quality it, stuff. It was closer to Netflix original content because everything on Quibi was original content. Right. But what I, why I say um, YouTube is because it's meant to be short content. Right, and it came out this week that the reason all their content was short, other than the name being Quick Bites and that being the idea of, like, you're not going to watch a two-hour thing on your phone as likely as you are on a TV, but, like, eight- to ten-minute episodes, apparently there's a union, like, contract situation about how much you have to pay writers of shows over 11 minutes. What? So they were like skirting paying writers as well. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so they burned a billion dollars making $2 billion making the stupid app that, to not pay writers. And it existed for what, seven months? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, so unbelievable. To, yeah, the so Jeffrey Katzenberg and Meg Whitman were running it, right? Yeah, Both one of them, them is like XHP or something. Yeah. Yeah. You were Both of them old. Older people. Oh, yes. And, and they're, what they kept saying was that their target audience was this like Gen Z people that might not even have a bigger screen than their phone, but likely do, but spend most of their time on their phone anyway. You know, watching their YouTube videos, watching Twitch, stuff like that. So that, that was the sell was like, this is our target audience. And one thing I found really strange is looking back on it now that they've closed is the original content they made never targeted that audience. All the original right. content targeted an older audience than that. Yeah. And like, you know, I enjoyed was, some of the content. So it was what I'm an old person thought theory. Gen Z like. <laughs> yeah. But I think the fundamental, I mean, there's many mistakes they made. I cannot, like, Twitter has been so confusing in the last day. There's been a bunch of people shitting on it and a bunch of VCs trying to say, no, they tried something. Don't like, eh. and it's funny to me because I'm like, you burned $2 billion on an idea that you didn't even try for like five minutes. But I think the fundamental mistake was the mistake that you see a lot of companies make when they talk about like mobile first or like they go all in on mobile only. And I've seen this a hundred times with stuff like banks, like, okay, we're a mobile only bank. Well, Turns out people want to log in on the web sometimes and yeah, exactly. not supporting stuff like that in the case of Quibi to bring this back is you couldn't watch on a TV. It's like bollocks to claim. They did add it last minute after yeah. also like going after people for copyright claims for taking screenshots in the app. And like, and so like what? the way I saw it was that they fundamentally misunderstood. Like they grasped that people want to watch on their phone, but they didn't grasp that when people are really engaged with your app, they probably want to move to a bigger screen. Like, like right. they'll be more hooked if they can hang out and not have to stay on their phone. Like, it's just absurd. Well, and do you know how people discover TV shows today? They it's see like, a screenshot and it's a meme yeah, from a show Twitter. on Twitter. And, and it's a recycled yeah. meme on Instagram from Twitter. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. banning yeah. any sharing of content was like, okay, well, no one's going to share anything about your shows. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's... It's free advertising. The whole thing, honestly, the whole execution. And like, I refused to install it just because I hated their stupid ad campaign where it was like harassing me everywhere for like a week. Just leave me alone. I knew about it. I didn't want it. It's 
Look, I never got ads for it, but uh, oh my let me God. tell you the biggest problem I have with them is the call that they do talking about cl- shutting down oh the company. God, I know. Jeffrey Katzenberg goes, this is 100% the fault of the pandemic, which uh, is yes. ridiculous because look at Netflix's growth during the pandemic. Netflix is like two million extra signups a month. This pandemic, you've got Plus, a captive audience right now, baby. Like, oh my god, you're so wrong to say that this the pandemic's the reason your streaming service isn't successful. Every streaming service has seen increases. Blame the pandemic, but you didn't pivot. Like you didn't change anything. <laughs> they just launched. The thing, what I think is bad about Quibi is um, basically the DNA of the of the product. Yeah. The idea of making something that is specifically for young people and saying it over and over yeah. and over again, and then also saying, well, young people, they don't have an attention span. So we made the perfect thing yeah. for your dumbass. And I'm like, <laughs> why would I? Like, and why they're going to pay I, for it. Right. Why, why would I want to get something that is basically insulting me from the get-go? Yeah. Because, yep. I mean, maybe I'm not young enough anymore, but there's enough kids that are watching hours and hours of streams or read books or whatever the hell. Yeah. And, like, just be like, oh, no, but, you know, like, but the it's youth kids, need this so they content. need bite-sized content. We are over this stuff, aren't we? Yeah. I think that they failed to understand what kind of content they were competing with on a phone as well like they're competing with tiktok they're competing with youtube they're competing they're competing with texting yeah they didn't get it and the crazy thing was i remember that maybe if they launched next year would have been smarter because back when they launched you couldn't even do picture in picture on an iphone and so quibi seems like the kind of app that you should be able to text your friends while you're watching it in a little exactly exactly yeah maybe uh, but the thing is the thing is i i think if you're going to make such a dominant, insulting thing, the center of your app, then you shouldn't exist. Yes. Do you remember Snapchat had something like this? I don't know if they still have it, but do you remember when they were making first-party content that was less than, I think it was like eight minutes, and it was like the dumbest yeah. shit? But they, I think they suffered from the same thing, where it was like people didn't care. <laughs> yeah. I think... We talked about it maybe a couple months ago that Snapchat was working on a deal with somebody f- for more of that TV oh, okay. content I'd in the it. Discover page. Quibi would have made more sense in the Discover page of another app than being a whole app. I don't want to download yeah. stuff. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you take a step back, I think it was one of those instances of like uh, a solution looking for a problem. Yeah. They were like, we figured out a way to either film content so it could be cropped portrait landscape yeah. or to intelligently pick the crop after yeah. the fact. I don't mm-hmm. really remember what was the... Snapchat? The, no, no, Quibi. Oh, okay. Right. Because the whole idea was you could watch your phone in portrait and you could turn your phone and you could keep watching the show. Snapchat pioneered that. But, it wouldn't yeah. hiccup. It wouldn't change. It would just be like, oh, I'm watching it. And I ended up the show that I had been watching the most dangerous game was, which also like, again, not for kids, not for a younger audience. I, I don't mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. Um, it, the show looked better in landscape. Like right. yeah, I could put it in portrait and watch the show, but it, it was very cropped into the actor's face. Yeah. I think that the fundamental failing here was they spent $2 billion to make it without ever doing 
any sort of user testing, launching small, nothing. It was like, here's here's how it's going to work. We're going to build and launch Netflix on the first day, <laughs> like the entire of Netflix. Like, it's just crazy. It's like very annoying, self-absorbed douchebaggery yeah. to older people that have no clue and they just saw an interesting you know, hole in the market between where they didn't have to, where they didn't have to pay writers and they could have their snackable content, which is also a term from 2011. Um, And and then to think that these, these people burned more money with their stupid shitty company than is usually given to female founders. Yeah. Well, this is it. This is exactly it. As it's, it was, it's reprehensible. Like, what they the way they went about it that two billion dollars could have lasted them a bunch of years they could have just like made one a piece of content put it out there like slowly built this up they didn't have an audience of any kind they just like went hard spent all of it to see if they could figure it out by what october and now they've fired like hundreds of people in the middle of a pandemic who basically strapped their lives to this piece of shit startup startup that that apparently these guys knew it was doomed to get to this point at some point because you can't tell me you open your floodgates in April or whatever uh, and you like they knew that they only had a certain amount of runway so like what was the plan? <laughs> no, but, but to Freddie's point, I, I saw a tweet that was like one point nine billion dollars was given to female founders what? in the same time period that yeah. could be raised up. to. And and you could say, okay, yeah, one of the CEOs is a woman, sure, but you know, it's it's about the magnitude difference that yeah. this amount of money goes into such a dumb thing, yeah, and how that looks against the rest of the 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 landscape, yeah, hundred, it's just dumb. It's also, dumb. no one needs a new Netflix, YouTube, or Snapchat right now. Yeah, we're, just, we're done. We have a TikTok already. No, yeah. well, hold on. It's an interesting point that will probably segue well into our antitrust conversation with Google. Is it would be really hard to start a Netflix competitor without a lot of money because yeah. Netflix is the churning out content so fast and at yeah, a scale 100%. so large that you know that's the conversation with Google. Antitrust is even if the government can break apart Google it still would be really hard for someone to compete in search because of the amount of money you'd have to throw at servers to compete with Google on just like a similar feature, not even as good feature level is really hard. And I think the same with Netflix, like it would be hard today to start a new YouTube or Netflix. I mean, TikTok is a good example of a company that was able to, but I I do believe they've been around for a couple of years. I was going to say, but it doesn't have to be built like yesterday and then work today. And I feel like that's what Quibi is trying to do. And I think that is just insane. It just doesn't make any sense. Like who could have, like, I mean, we could have all, you know, expected for that to, you know, not happen. I don't. I don't know how long Quibi has been around, honestly. Like, I'm not sure if, like, they also have, like, a very long tail. But, like, you're not going to beat Netflix in one day. Like, we yeah, in the Netherlands have... you have to survive for a few years. Right. We in the Netherlands have, like, a similar service that came from a similar place, actually, as Netflix. It's called Videoland, yeah. which used to be where you would mm-hmm. rent your DVDs, right? Um, right. And v- VHS tapes before that. Oh, I, I, I remember those. that. 
Yeah, me too. Um, and they are just slowly building on being their own, like Dutch version of Netflix. And I'm not saying Videoland's going to take over the planet, but like, does it have to be a build, you know, a multi-billion-dollar company for it to yeah. be successful? I don't think it's that, you know. Yeah, I think <sighs> and that's they're the also future, making but... original content, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting because I think that's like I'm going to segue into the Google thing now. Like that is the central part of the antitrust suit that the US Department of Justice put against Google this week, which is like Google is so big that consumers are hurt because no no competitor can even try to exist. Like and DuckDuckGo is always the one. I don't know if they gave it as an example. I'm pretty sure they did. But like because google has the money to pay off apple to be the default as an example DuckDuckGo has no chance of competing because google is so big that like they have their own browser that sets the like it's just this like cascading series of things and google always defends this by saying like well customers want our thing which i sure i want it don't make me change it from bing every time i get a new computer fuck off bing I right? was going to so, say, Bing is like, a good example Bing. of this as well. I just got the Surface Pro X, right? I've been reviewing it. And like for three days, I didn't realize I was using Bing and I was wondering why everything was so shit. <laughs> anyway, so, but like, this is the point is like, maybe Bing would be good if like they could actually compete. But Google Google yeah. has so much scale that by default, nobody can keep up. Like some of the shit that they announced, they had this um, search event last week where they're like, oh, now you can like hum to do a song search. You can, we figured out how to understand the whole paragraph around the word that you're trying to search, blah, blah, blah. None of these people can do it because they don't have the resources of Google. That's why it's better. (laughs) You'd have to have 50 data centers just to start competing with an feature. Yeah. And so it's interesting to see. I was surprised actually that they picked Google to be the first in this series of antitrust fights that I assume is coming. But it's really going to set the tone for the industry over the next 10 years. Is like if you're so big that you decide you want to launch, I actually don't think Google search is as problematic in my mind as Google having all the other things. Like if you are so big that you own all the search things and you want to launch a video streaming service, you can just put it on your homepage and bam. <laughs> you have a... Which we've seen them do before. Oh yeah. I mean, they did it with the Pixel, which is hilarious because it went the opposite. But like <laughs> they can like they can do this repeatedly whenever they want to launch something and like get market dominance. And like sometimes it doesn't work. Like Google has failed at this a hundred times. But then like they also have Gmail. So they can just like ram a fake email in your inbox as an ad to like get you to do it and so i'm curious to see how this pans out for these smaller things like quibi i'm not sure if i like i don't think that would be the success metric it would be like the three of us making an app and being able to compete with google as opposed to like two billion dollars yeah and like just to like make that more tangible like and solution it's a part of the solution would be when you get a new iphone and you are setting it up there's one of the setup screens says here's all the available search engines which one do you want to use rather than it being defaulted to google and then you having to change it yeah and that's like default to google but show me the choice during setup exactly it can be ticked but show me them all well and it it would be like an app store experience where the three of us could get together and build a search engine and it could get listed there Sure. Yeah, but it's... that would also make 
it would be hard the, because uh, then there the is a thousand yeah then yeah. there would be a thousand things and how would we know what's good and, and you could like take Great advantage question. really fast blah 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 but the thing is the thing is it just it just reminds me of like when you install a new computer i don't know how this is for you but first thing i do it used, at some point it used to be install firefox now it's install yeah. chrome you know like it's whatever you use at the moment um but i like it that my computer then is like okay this is the default app and i won't bug you about it anymore yeah but yeah. also, as I said last week, sometimes I get extremely frustrated when I update my computer and Edge is fucking back. And I'm like, stop force feeding me this shit I, have I a, don't want. I have a secret. I use the Edge browser. I really like it. <laughs> I've, I've heard good things The new about one. It. The new one. But I hear you. I hear you. They shouldn't do that shit. It shouldn't harass you to use it. Like, it should exist, exactly. but like, leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> or they could be like, hey... We have this new piece of software. Maybe you want to try it instead yeah. of just forcing it onto Apple my computer. They're like, oh, you want to try a new Safari every update? But like, it's just a notification, uh, which is a lot more innocuous. The, the notification is also annoying, but you know, it feels it feels less forceful. Okay, yeah, sure. But it's not like coming back to your taskbar. Yeah. I'm I'm all for the government breaking Google up or, or whatever they figure oh. out to do in this antitrust case. Um, I will say that like, there is precedence for this type of behavior. Um, yeah, if you look, exactly. if you if you go to your grocery store, some company has paid for better shelf space. And this is and the argument they, that nerds use against this all the time. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so it exists, but but the the scale is too different. This is like the shelf that Google gets is the size of a Costco. And the shelf that individual small companies get is like the the size of a little mouse hole. It's just yeah. the well, scale the, is it's too also, large it's for also that analogy. As if two supermarkets existed and Google paid both of them to get all of the shelf space the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> like it's and then they yeah. own the third one. You and, know, and I then mean, on top of to that, Amazon too. And on top of that, they're also owning your doctor and right. you know the the pharmacy because and, they're all in the um, supermarket that Google has. and the the coffee place you love to go to and stuff like that. Because the thing is, the thing is with Google, and this I think is why it would be good to separate those things. I feel that most people have a very intimate relationship with Google, right? You oh, Google yeah. why there is a thing on your asshole, or you yeah. Google. <laughs> You know, how do I get <laughs> mental help or like, you know, no, 100%. You, you know, 100%. I, I, an assistant has showed this that like a uh, mini documentary that I can put in the show notes about like um, this guy, Brett, who his kid uh, like asks Google Home like really personal questions. Like yeah. it's really telling about that relationship because, OK, we're we're all old. So we just type it in. But like kids are starting to do this now where exactly. they ask Google stuff with their voice and it's completely normal. And so you're right. It is an interesting problem that you have n- nowhere else to go. Exactly. And, 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 and me and my computer, that feels pretty alone. But I w- we're also in, a, in an era where I don't know how this is for you guys, but um, I feel very connected to my phone. And there, there is this, obviously, this notion that um, um, Steve Jobs came up came with, which is that the the phone is like the bicycle for the mind. Mm-hmm. Do you know this? Mm-hmm. Um, and that the phone is kind of like getting to be an extension of my me and my my body, 100%. almost personally. And if someone else is holding my phone, I feel extremely vulnerable. 
There's a study about this. <laughs> I get I get all sorts of emotions when someone yeah. else is trying to take my phone out of my brain hand. Your in there. Right. It feels extremely personal, right? Yeah. So in a way, Google owns a part of this, you know? Google owns a part of my brain and a part of my thinking and a part of my insecurities and also part of my c- celebrations and, you know, all those things are strangely entangled with this company. Yeah. And that is extremely sensitive information. And I think this goes beyond what privacy is. Yeah. This is more sensitive than privacy, you know? Privacy is, I don't want my neighbor to know. And what I'm talking about is I don't want this mega conglomerate that is for profit to use my most intimate thoughts for their money making. I think you make a really good point, Freddie. Like all of that information is so sensitive. And the whole point here is that a small company should be able to come in and offer that to you in a different way. They Without say, it being a conglomerate of services. Right. So make it They're going to yeah. They're going to say, you know what, you use your phone, it's your sensitive stuff in there, you search sensitive things, you write things down, you speak to it, whatever. You should have the option to do that with different companies. And right now, Google is so large that it's impossible. And in small ways, you can do this. For instance, you could go to Evernote or to Notion to write down your feelings or whatever, but you know... Um, there is still going to be so much, you know, stuff that is going to be just in a Google search query yeah. or, you know, I don't know. I think I think this whole uh, thing where where we think about how it affects us in like the most emotional way is something that is completely not into the discourse of this topic at all. And I, and I, 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 I think that's kind of unfair. And maybe it is because we sometimes feel a little ashamed for feeling so attached to these things and feeling so attached to our computers and phones and, and, and things like that. And I think these things will get only more prevalent now that we are more spending more and more time alone and spending more yeah. and more time behind our desks, you know, um, but also in our private environment, like maybe yeah. I wouldn't Google what's wrong with my asshole if I'm at work, but you know, <laughs> stuff like that changes as well. So it's more, important than, than ever for those things to be protected and thought of and and taken yeah. care of as well i think that's it and i think what will be interesting to see because this is going to be a protracted case like this is going to take like five years maybe longer of course, yeah. <laughs> and what will be interesting to see will be how far any sort of action goes if any action happens of course but like what is the way that they solve this. Do they pull out Google as an entity? Well, there was like actually a lot of rumors that they would make Google sell off Google Chrome, which would actually be a good start. Um, And like that kind of thing. And I think it will set precedent for how the rest of companies have to behave in the future as well. It's like, if you look at that big antitrust report, a lot of it was around like, you can't move sideways into an adjacent space. Yeah. Or by acquiring a company, we would default to this being anti-competitive. Why does right. Google need Fitbit? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. So for me, it feels like this is almost a new type of monopoly. And it's like almost like more of a horizontal uh, monopoly. Oh, it really is. It because, really is. Because it's not that they are the only person in the space, but they are the only person in the space that has their feet in all these little boxes. And they can only do it because of that scale. Like if exactly. you think of a product like Google Photos, I actually... 
and this is where I get hung up on a lot of this is like products like Google Photos would be really hard to do by anybody else. Like you, you have to be a Google money. scale. Yeah. And so like, I think this antitrust case is going to get bogged down on stuff like that. It's going to be like, okay, so Google can launch legitimately useful products. Even Nest yeah. is a really interesting example. It's like, you have to be, and Quibi is obviously the polar opposite of this, but like you have to be super well capitalized to play the long game to even make those things to market. Yeah. Let alone like pay to run them. And so like at what point is acceptable? And Or maybe should the business be partially firewalled from one another? Search and ads have to be separate from the rest of that. But right. They, they can be related. The, so. the other side of this coin is, and we've talked about this before as well, and especially we talk about this when we talk about email apps for some reason, yeah. um, where it is that I feel safe. This is act- this is an interesting thing because because of the size of Google, I also feel safe having my mail there because they are they don't you know care and you know like yeah. when you well, pay they have processes sh- in place so that some dude can't read your email. That, but also <laughs> the fact that, um, say, I find this really cool developer that makes this email app, but cool developer doesn't feel like working on it anymore and he sells it off to some sort of strange company or he just decides to quit or decides that, like, the cute idea of making it 33 cents in the beginning is quite a dumb idea and he can't do it like that and, you know, he loses motivation and it's not safe anymore like those things won't happen within google because we know it's well funded and we know you know they take it seriously and google is a uh, gmail is there on top of it also free um well you're i mean you you're know. paying with your information right they scrape exactly. your email to sell ads I so mean, you are my, paying for it it's just I agree. not worth your bank i actually account. think i just want to talk about that for a second i think that was their biggest mistake that they ever made they actually don't scrape data from gmail anymore they don't use personalized ads on the free one it's all just like random shit it's not personalized i think it was their biggest mistake no because it was like, an upsell funnel to g suite they fucked up so bad on that they shouldn't have done it <laughs> they shouldn't have done it but like just because the ads aren't personalized yeah so okay they're anonymizing the data no they don't read, they don't read the emails anymore that changed last year Oh. Or maybe it was two years ago. <laughs> they should do, throw some marketing money behind yeah, that. <laughs> exactly. But what I'm saying is that um, Google doesn't need Gmail as a source of income to survive. Therefore, yeah. I feel like I don't have to be worried that they are going to sell off Google, Gmail to some idiot or whatever. And then all my data is on, you know. Yeah. Out in the open. That's the problem with all their products is they could sell the Pixel phone for $99 and just do it at a loss. And a manufacturer that's just trying to, you know, like a fair phone, they have to make money. They like have to or else they go out of business. Yeah. Google can just pour money in the hole. Yeah. They could be like, everyone's getting a free Pixel phone. If you yeah. sign up for and that and you know X the product, the thing that shows as symptomatic of that is like everybody. There's this meme that Google like launches products and shut them down. I actually think this is exactly that on display. It's like Google can pour five billion in the hole just trying Google Wave or like whatever, right. and like it doesn't matter. They just did it. Who cares? A startup couldn't have done that, right. <laughs> which lets them yeah, take those exactly. bets. Look, we're going to be talking about this for five years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, I just want to say, like, I think it's really sad that Google, Facebook, Amazon's ad business, like, the whole point of all these companies is to sell shit. Yeah. Like, why is search important for Google to get onto the iPhone and all these platforms? It's so that they can sell ads. 
to businesses that want to sell you shit. It's just really sad that all these companies, like their whole purpose is to sell shit to you. Yeah. That's the and I, it's just so, it's boring. It's sad and boring. Yeah. Like, there's so many better things all these engineers could do with their time. All that capital could go towards. It's just like disappointing, honestly. Yeah. Like we rag on Apple a ton, but at least they're like, their purpose is like, we just want to build nice hardware. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of weird, but like, okay. Yeah. Sure. Why not? <laughs> sure. But like the, you're having like, yeah, well, we're an almost trillion dollar company because uh, ads. We sell you yeah. shit. We sell other people your shit to sell you shit. Yeah. It's like, oh God, it's so boring. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Okay. No, I'm just. I was just idly thinking about how, like, it's also a um, two-sided coin a little bit here, where like a lot of the weird stuff that people can do online is because of ads, and like, yeah, the internet is dying because ad money has gone away, and so it's like this weird tension now. Like, I'm actually a little bummed they're going after Google rather than Facebook because, like, the only way to make money <laughs> these days is to pour millions into the hole on facebook yeah i think do anything and so facebook just really needs to go and zuckerberg (laughs) just really needs to go to jail you know i don't i don't i don't feel this passionate about google at all because i do feel that facebook is trying to get in that personal hole is trying to squeeze his little disgusting head into our lives in like a way more disgusting way and the way that we get paid back from that is for them to manipulate our brains. Like, yeah. this sounds very, like, uh, aluminium hat, like, weird shit. But you know what I mean? Like, the way they generate clicks is by, you know, pushing articles that we shouldn't read. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> and little oh. clips of things that sh- okay. we shouldn't see. I, I don't know. <laughs> Let's let's talk. let's talk about Uber. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. Oh my God. It's going to get worse now. <laughs> okay. So a California appeals court has unanimously ruled against Uber and Lyft, saying they must reclassify their drivers as employees under AB five. Now eighty five. What AB five? Oh, sorry. I was like, oh, under eighty five years old, they're an employee. That's a weird. No, no under AB five, okay. which is the um. It's not a prop. It's a. It was the law that they passed about like freelancing in California that boned a bunch yes. of writers. <laughs> and so, in eleven days is the election for, um, well, the president of the United States, uh, uh, right? Yeah, fuck. Mm-hmm. And um, also, Prop Twenty Two is on the ballot in California, and Prop Twenty Two is. I I don't think there's a campaign that I'm familiar with that any amount of money has any more amount of money has been poured into by companies marketing this. The Uber app was like pushing vote yes on Prop 22. Order a ride. When you order a ride, it was telling the drivers to talk about it with the passengers (laughs) and tell them that they're for it. even though it's not in their best interest. Um, But yeah, anyway, so Prop 22 is really interesting with this because depending on how it goes, it could go against this court order. And so it would be the How state and the courts against each other. Would well, it, that's would the, the great question. Would the vote overrule it? Um, I think... I, I don't I, know, Logically because... speaking, in my head, it must. But, like, 
I assume it will go back to court. Well, logically, you go, it's the legal system versus the quote-unquote will of the people if you want to believe that everyone voting, you know, it's fair. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, yeah, so I don't really know how the two could work together, but we could end up with this protracted experience of, well, the courts and the law don't agree anymore, so we have to – that has to get worked out. And so I don't know. What does that go to the state Supreme court? Maybe I guess so. Wow. I don't know. I don't understand um, American politics deep enough to have an opinion (laughs) on that. But what I thought was interesting is um, I've seen a lot of uh, people that are or in or around California or have lived there in the past. And obviously a lot of them are ex Uber employees or Uber employees currently. I'm not completely sure. Or like um, engineers that are all very firmly against this stuff. Yeah, there was an engineer that wrote it uh, on TechCrunch about his support for it, which was interesting. Yeah. Like somebody who and works there. I was like, yeah. Good I shit. also saw someone that I know that works at Uber. Uh, he works in San Francisco. I think he doesn't work at Uber anymore specifically, but mm. it doesn't really matter. But he was also like, this is bad. We should not have this. This should not exist. Well, there's a big, the biggest problem I see with this, other than the exploited labor, is that if this thing passes, it's hard to ever undo. Exactly, like, but what is what 70% is seventy percent, uh, uh, yay to pass in the future? Whereas that's not the case the first time. Yeah, <laughs> which is but, just bananas. Um, well, what could be in a way the positive to this? Is there is there, there should be something, right? Well, if the ruling goes through, there's positives. Well, yeah, there's a couple pieces here because it's like one. So we were talking about the antitrust with Google, and it was very specific to Google. What I like about this is this conversation is about gig working, and it applies to yes, Uber's the largest player, but it applies to everybody. Like Postmates is affected, yeah. like all all the the food delivery apps and everything. Yeah, Lyft, DoorDash, whatever. Yeah, um, and any other kind of gig working that could grow in the future could exist. So I, I like that. the The thing that scares me most about this is I, I think that yeah, like these these companies should have to pay and treat these people like employees. Um, the disadvantage is going to be when they fire all of these drivers during a pandemic. Yeah, with record yeah. unemployment, it's like. Even if we kind of get what should happen, Uber, Lyft, every gig economy company has to treat people like employees. That's good, I think. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. What's gonna, What's the like the immediate consequence? Yeah, it's gonna the say. Thing I worry about the most. So the, I mean, we're basically back again at the the, the notion of basically it being wrong from the start, and they are trying to get it deeper in there like where they're like trying to make it more wrong <laughs> but like the the, op- the when people would vote against prop 22 which is i think still was gonna happen these companies are probably you know they're gonna be affected by that in a bad way which is will also affect the people that indeed drive for them and it might make it so that they um have a harder time to be profitable and some might even fade away Right, yeah. Which, in a way, I think is good. But on the other hand, we also know how Uber and 
Uber Eats and like driving food, for instance, in New York has been such a relief for people that are, for instance, undocumented mm -hmm. or whatever. But they would also be hurt by Prop yeah. 22 not going through in exactly. a way as well. It's a so, no-one scenario in many ways. Exactly. <laughs> At least and specifically because of timing as well. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like but, on a normal year, like probably a lot less... The, the undocumented people benefiting from the previous system is also not because it was designed for them. It was just a coincidence right. for them anyway, yeah, yeah, which exactly. is heartbreaking. Just to speak on timing, you said timing. There's um, So the, the, the court ruling gives Uber and Lyft a window of three months to comply. Yeah. So well, that's, like yeah. I said, the vote on Prop 22 is in three, 11 days. So we're really going to know in a week and a half what this looks like for uber and lyft and i think they're gonna really wait to see what happens with the election before they yeah make any moves uh, exactly well we'll follow up in 11 days um we have i have to i have to run and eat food soon so what do you want to talk about for the last four minutes four minutes yeah um there's a new atari is it what <laughs> what <laughs> tell me about the new atari is this real? was a spicy episode, guys. Oh, no. Yeah. I know what we forgot to talk about. What? Adobe Max happened this week. Oh, oh hell yeah. So, okay, so four years ago, Adobe launched Adobe, Adobe Sensei, Adobe. which is their branding for any use of AI and machine learning throughout uh, their yes. products. And it, it's been getting cooler year after year. But this mm. year, I feel like it went kind of viral yeah. on Twitter, at least, of yeah. the shit that you can do in photoshop now oh, there's no, some cool bananas. stuff neural filters yeah there's some Holy cool stuff shit. in all the apps but yeah. in photoshop the neural filters will using artificial intelligence they say let you manipulate someone's age the smoothness of their skin the direction of the lighting which is like the google photos update that we just got the direction of lighting and um head direction so if someone's maybe like looking so a little bananas. bit to the right you can make them look a little bit to the left or center pretty interesting stuff cool shit terrifying shit yeah the thing that comes with it though which i think is interesting and this this should we should probably dedicate a little bit more time to this in the future yeah. but um they are apparently working and i've been working on this for a while i've i've knew, known about this before as well but they they brought it up again after they did the sensei thing um, that they want to work together with like New York times and other news outlets. So have a way to authenticate images. So what I don't hundred percent understand this, but what I think it is, is that it's basically the photo will come with like metadata that will show you what's been done to the photo yeah yeah it'll just be like a log who? attached to it yeah yeah so they started a thing called the content authenticity initiative I think exactly it was some bitcoin thing or something right it was blockchain no. That's, no. It's, that's something else no that no also blockchain exists. involved they also have blockchain for something like this anyway yes great. yeah it exists but it's something else um, and uh, yeah, like Freddie was saying, the New York Times is involved. Twitter's involved. I think there were twelve companies that joined. <laughs> so it's a, it's sort of like a, it is part of the company, but I believe they're trying to do it sort of like an organizational body, and that they can all contribute to identifying manipulated images in places where it's most important. 
And so Twitter wants to have this like integrated on Twitter. So when Donald Trump posts a thing, it's like, this isn't a real picture. It's Photoshopped or whatever. Um, And I think it's really important for news organizations. And the cool side is they're working with photojournalists. So it gets authenticated when the picture is taken, where it is, all the metadata, and that's maintained throughout the process. So when it goes live on, for example, New York Times, it's like, this is the correct image the that was taken. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Interesting. It would also help news outlets because I was listening to this, I was listening to this podcast with like the, um, the head of uh, editorial for a Dutch newspaper. Yeah. The interviewer asked him if he ever made any big mistakes. And mm-hmm. what happened yeah. one time was that they, this in this case, a video, they posted a video that they thought was from a specific event. Turned out it was actually from a different event and someone mm-hmm. had added some audio to it, which made it oh, sound like something was happening that wasn't happening. Hmm. Interesting. And stuff like this happens, obviously, every day. Uh, yeah. But it would be nice if there would you be a tell. way to kind of tell i mean yeah. obviously there's always going to be works work arounds yeah for yeah. stuff like this um you'll never be able to tell 100 percent for sure but it would be nice if there is another way to authenticate authenticate it's interesting because they're holding the line between like building the tools to do this exact stuff and stopping it and it's interesting like yeah. i think they need to take a stance on forcing it pretty soon because it's pretty optional <laughs> right now right but i do do i do i do like that they are taking the uh what do you call it like the mm, uh, responsibility responsibility. yeah yeah it's the opposite of facebook right (laughs) they're bringing in something in the world and um when i looked at the the the, what is it maestro stuff sensei stuff um i immediately thought whoa this is really sick but also this could be used for really sick really um, really sick like ways horrible things so i like that they don't only release the whoa this is cool and shiny we can you know sell it in a cool and shiny way but they are also like look we we realized what what can happen with this kind of stuff so yeah Yeah. if you if you have something that's very deadly also have antidote please yeah um well i'm love to talk about adobe max again next week when i actually can read about it and i'm not hangry so (laughs) it was a very it was a very good digital conference yeah, yeah, curious, I really enjoyed I it. Saw the neural network thing; they went like super viral. But there was a lot more. Um, yeah, it was good. It was good. But, I, uh, obviously, I preferred going in person last year. But um, for it being a, their first time doing it digital, I thought they did a great job. That's yeah, awesome. I was actually kind of surprised. I really enjoyed it. It was re- really well done. Uh, I actually felt like I was a little bit at a conference, which is interesting. Mm. And I thought I was like really completely over anything digital at this point. So you know. Yeah. Props to them. They did a good job. Props to them. All right. Well, I'm going to look into it and come back next week and we can talk about it a bit more. Um, cool. On that note, I'm going to go eat. I'm sorry. Links in the show <laughs> no notes. Uh, join our Discord, uh, chargepodcasts.com. Tweet Buy us business. if you like this. <laughs> tweet us if you like this. Don't tweet us if you hate it. <laughs> I love it. Ring the bell. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Okay. Bye. Bye, friends. Bye. Bye.